fire away. Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm your host, Ben Glixman, with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And the, to quote Matt's text, dizzying ASU basketball <laughs> season continues as the uh, Sun Devils lose on the road to the Buffaloes in a game they had mm, fairly uh, in hand for a moment, it seemed like. They, yeah, they outplayed yeah. them for the first 26 minutes of the game. Yeah. Pretty yeah, comfortably. I mean, it, yeah, I mean, it, you know, they weren't, they were never up, you know, 20 some points or something like that. Um, but, uh, you know, it's just, it's a game that you need to win if you're going to be a tournament team. And there's been, it, it's just, it's just such a frustrating season um, because there's been some, some highs this year. And at times you watch this team and you, you know, uh, Zylan Cheatham was quoted after the Washington win of saying, you know, we've, we've played like a, you know, Final Four Elite Eight type of team. I wouldn't go that far. Um, at no point this year have I watched this team and said, man, that team could be in the Final Four. Um, but, you know, you've certainly seen a team that looks very much tournament caliber at times and then other times not. And, I mean, I texted you last Sunday after we beat Washington and I said, you know, we've, we've, this is year 15 of us following ASU hoops from when we were freshmen. And, I don't remember a year like this where, you know, 20, 23, 24 games in, I still don't know what we're going to get from night to night. We've seen some bad teams and we've seen some, some good teams. I'm not sure which one this is. And we've only got six regular season games left. Yeah, it's, um, it's bad, uh, as a fan because we really haven't improved on last year. No, and no, and, I mean, and that sort of hit me like fair, a ton of bricks today. Yeah, We're, yeah I mean that's a fair point. Um, you know, yeah, it's, it's very similar to last year. Uh, has a has a very similar feel. Good non conference season, and a and a conference season that is just up and down and up and down and up and down. There's no there's no um, flow to it. We we win a game or two and then we lose one. We win one, we lose one, and like you know, they just. And and you're right. That is frustrating. Yeah. If we if with the exception of flipping the Arizona game, I think we're right where we would be last year. We're you know we're splitting really close. You know yeah. I think we had one sweep. I think that's the difference. Yeah, and that was that was later in the conference season. I think we we beat USC and UCLA at home, mm-hmm. um, and maybe the second or third to last week of of conference play. Um, because yeah, I mean the first. I think the first four weekends, if I remember right, we lost the first and won the second. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it was like the same script every single week. Um, then we lost to Arizona, and we we battled our way back to five hundred in the conference. And then uh, you know, I think we didn't we finish eight and ten. Yeah, we you know we needed to sweep the last weekend to finish nine and nine, and we we beat Cal and lost to Stanford on a you know missed a buzzer beater that would have won that game there in the last regular season game and then lost in the you know conference tournament first round so actually eight and 11 mm-hmm. um but uh, you know it's stunning when you look back that we finished eight and 11 and made the tournament at all it goes to show you how important that non-conference stretch was and we weren't quite as good non-conference this year you know that we don't have mm-hmm. the signature wins we did last year um, Kansas is is a good win, but it's not as good as it was last year, and it's not on the road. And there's no Xavier, 
You know, there's no mm-hmm. second elite win. Um, you know, Mississippi State's a, a solid team, but not at that level. Utah State's an okay team, but not at that level. Um, plus, we have, you know, three non-conference losses that we didn't have on the resume, including one to Princeton, which is not a good loss. And then and then some bad conference losses highlighted by Washington State last week. Yeah. I don't think we'll make the tournament. If we Man. if we go on a run and we you know win six of the last seven or or you know yeah. win yeah. five of the last seven and then make it to the conference final and drop it to Washington. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think we're totally out of it. I mean, you know, the thing you always have to remember when when you get to this time of year is you know sixty eight teams are going to make it regardless of how good those sixty eight teams are, and and you know we would benefit benefactor last year of you know the fact that there really aren't 68 deserving teams to make it a tournament most years mm-hmm. um i mean you know the, the tournament i believe and this is a different topic but it would be a much more compelling thing if you went to you know 56 or even 48 um and made it really difficult to get in because honestly a team like us you know in this season we're having we shouldn't be in the mix but we are because there's so many spots uh, and we got six regular season games left. I mean, if we were to, if we were to win all six, I would feel pretty good about our chances. But how can you be confident we're going to win six in a row when we can't win more than two in a row? It seems like. Uh, I mean, that's just that seems highly unlikely to happen. Yeah, um, especially with four of those six on the road. And and we don't have Washington again, so there's not even a you know good win out signature there. win game no no i mean you know uh, i mean utah is you know at least this season so far has been the better team so that's a of, of utah colorado and they beat us down here mm-hmm. um so that's far from a gimme uh then we get stanford and cal at home you, you'd hope that's a weekend you can sweep i mean cal is is winless in the conference uh, Stanford is is a middle of conference team, and you know we got beat up there. But you'd hope that home court helps us. And then we finish with Oregon, Oregon State, and Arizona, and you know all of those are solid teams. I mean, there's no there's no great team in that trio, but no, but it'd be surprising if we swept it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it, honestly, I think I'd say I'd be surprised if we went two and one in that span. And and so and yet that's what this team has done. I mean. Last weekend was like a microcosm of this team. You know, we, we went in, we talked, I think, last Wednesday night. And we said, you know, you, you got to beat Washington State. This is, a, so, you know, the second worst team in the conference. You got to beat them. And, uh, you see what happens against Washington. And what do we do? We get we get housed by Washington State. Really never in the game in the second half. And then we control the game against Washington. Never trailed in the second half. I don't think we trailed after, you know, midway through the first half. So, it's just it's a really hard team to figure out, and last weekend was really a great little you know two game sample to tell you how hard this team is to figure out. Mm-hmm. How does how do those two results make sense? And they don't, and that you know they really don't. And look, I don't know. I mean, I remember early early in the year there was talk Cheetah might try to get a sixth year of eligibility. I think yeah. that has gone out the window. Probably not. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know if Dort's going to leave or not, but we're going to be bringing – you have to assume that we'll have a healthy Mitchell. Yeah, hopefully. Um, Lawrence, Martin, White, Lake's gone. 
Yeah. Cheatham's gone. Probably Dort's gone. Valtanen, yeah. I saw, is starting to get a little more run in sort of the uh, yeah, played against yeah, Washington. Steve yeah. Jones yeah. role of yeah, yeah. <laughs> punishing yeah. Yeah. punishing everyone else by putting right. him in. Right. Yeah, it's it's hard. I mean, I, I think you're right. I think we should we should prepare that uh, that Dort will go um, because uh, you know the the way the way the NBA and, and you know college basketball intersect now is if you're considered a good prospect you go as soon as you can and even if you go in the second round that's fine um because you know you'll spend a year or two in the in the g league maybe you'll come back and forth you'll get a two-way contract or whatever it may be and you'll have your chance i mean you know it's not a guarantee by any means but it's um you're making some money and you're getting yourself in a pro style system essentially you know playing more more pro-esque basketball pro training Um, yeah yeah i mean you're fully dedicated to basketball you're not you're not balancing you know getting to class meeting with tutors blah 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 um basketball is what you do and and you see if it works and will it work for him i i don't know i mean it is a crapshoot once you get to that level but I, i would say he's likely to go because he's probably going to get drafted he might even get drafted, you know, toward the tail end of the first round, depending on how he works out and stuff. I mean, he's, he's got a pro body. And I think, you know, NBA teams, are they love potential. And if you're a playoff type of team that's drafted in the back half of the first rounds, you're probably going to be intrigued by a guy like him and say, you know, hey, uh, you're probably not going to step in and do something for us this year, but we'll get you into our system. We'll get you into, you know, our coaches. And, you know, and every NBA team now has a G League team of their own pretty much. And, mm-hmm. you know, we'll, we'll see where you are in two years. And maybe you're going to be something for us. Or maybe not. But you take your chance on that. So, I, I don't expect him to come back unless, unless something unusual happens, I guess. And so then you're looking at uh, Euros Plavsic coming in to replace right. Lake, um, yeah. which, you know, before the last 10 days – I would have told you, man, that's going to be tough. Lake's playing really well, and now Lake's Boy, Lake barely playing. Yeah, yeah, he has really um, tailed, and, and honestly, so has Kamani Lawrence over the course of the year. Now he did, he did have a decent night last night, but guys who started out the year looking like you know, wow, they've really taken a step forward, it hasn't quite been there. Um, it, you know, and I guess I mean you, you know, that's going to happen. It's very rare that you have a team of you know. A, a, eight or nine guys and every one of them meets expectations or, or surpasses them in a season that just doesn't happen. Um, but they both started out showing so much promise this year and, and it's, it's kind of faded as the year has gone along for both of them. Yeah. Which is in some level a statement about the team. Yeah. Oh yeah. Without yeah. A doubt. Re- I mean, really you know. the only guy who brings his a game, it feels like every night, of the season so far has been Cheatham. I agree. I agree. He's, he's the most consistent that you know what you're going to get from night to night. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, that is probably, you know, the, the, if you had to sum this season up in one sentence, it's that you just don't know what you're going to get from night to night, game to game. Mm-hmm. You, you can see the team that beat Kansas, the team that beat Washington, the team that was, you know, up double digits on Nevada after at halftime, or you can see the team that, loses to Princeton or Washington State at home and and you know there's no flow to it there's no way to know what you're going to see 
uh, on Saturday night this week, um, next week on, you know, Wednesday and Sunday, you just don't know what you're going to see. And this deep into the year, that is problematic and, and, and frustrating. Seriously frustrating. It really is. I mean, this is just a, it's a frustrating season because there's enough talent there to easily make the tournament. Again, I, I mean, I, you know, I'm not ragging Cheatham, but I, do I agree that we have final four level talent? No. Uh, you know, now that doesn't mean you can't make it. I mean, teams go on, you know, runs that they get in and you see it, you know, every you know, well, Carolina a few years back. Loyola. Loyola, yeah. I mean, those teams were not really one of the four best teams in the country. Um, and we are not either by any means. You know, so if you're in the tournament, I suppose, yeah, you got a shot because of the randomness of the tournament. But, uh, you know, we should be a team that feels, especially given the Pac-12 isn't very good. And that's putting it gently. We should be a team that right now is feeling really good about their chances to get in. And how can you right now? I mean, it just like I said this morning, you know, it feels like we're on a roller coaster and that roller coaster finishes at the NIT. And it just feels like that more and more with each passing game. Yeah. And there's, there's enough coming back where you hope that maybe we can become that veteran team that gels. I mean, next yeah. year, you know, White, Martin, Lawrence will have been playing together for three, three seasons. Three guys. Yeah. Know? Yeah. No, I mean, I, I hope so. And you bring in a couple of, you know, you bring in uh, Eddie House's kid. and Alonzo Verge, the, Ju- the Juco. kid, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, you, you hope so. Um, but it, it, it's... You know, college basketball is a weird thing because unless you're, unless you're, you know, Duke or Kentucky or Kansas or those type of programs, oftentimes your team changes a fair amount from year to year. So the, the, you know, the notion of like, well, we're such a young team, we're so inexperienced. You know, that used to be the case when we were kids. It's like, yeah, boy, they they got you know three or four freshmen. Wait a couple of years, they're going to be really something special. That oftentimes does not happen now because you have situations where guys go pro or you have transfers. I mean, we're, we're assuming all these guys are going to come back. You know, I think, yeah, you can pretty much bank that Martin and White will come back. Outside of that, I mean, do you know Tayshawn Cherry's coming back for another year? I hope so, but I don't know. Would I, would I bet a lot of money on it? No. Uh, Kamani Lawrence. I mean, you know, with the way the transfer thing is now, you just don't know what you're going to have from year to year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good point. I just, I, I guess my thing is, I hope that they can endear themselves sure. uh, enough to these guys to keep them, and that yeah, the consistency, I mean, I so you know, because because this is the second year where we've you know ridden highs and lows and rode right. not ridden ridden's not the word uh <laughs> no i'm with you though you know and maybe something will click and i you know yeah. I, you kind of thought that cheatham with the way he took over the leadership role that it would click and, right. and maybe right. you know rob edwards it'll be his third year in the program second year That's playing true. About him. um yeah. Yeah. you know and if verge really is the wing you know, if they replace the yeah. starting lineup, Dort for Verge, and, yeah. you know, Mitchell comes back and yeah. can, you know, fill the Cheatham role to some extent, or Lawrence or sure. Terry can fill that role. 
the, yeah, or between, yeah, or how about between yeah. the three of them, they can fill that role. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, he, he's a, he's a unique player to replicate, it just because of, of all he does. Sheeta um, uh, this year feels a little bit like uh, Obina Aleka his last year when you thought, boy, what you would do to have one more year with him because he's kind of. He's really shown a lot, and you just think, you know, man, it'd be sure would be nice if we had one more year with that guy, but that's that's not how it works. Yeah. Um. So we are about halfway through spring football for ASU. And yeah, yeah, six six practices in the books now. I think, yeah, and you know, most teams still obviously have not started, and that will be Long the case from even getting started. <laughs> yeah, uh, the whole time, but. The big story, obviously, has been the play of the quarterbacks and how that's gone. And reports came out that uh, Daniels has not thrown a pick in camp and each of the other quarterbacks had. A stat that I didn't realize was I guess Daniels only threw four picks overall last year. Uh, Really? Okay. And has has a rep as being a protect-the-ball kind of guy for being a, you know, running – quarterback and uh you know yeah, he, yeah. he's a, a fairly accurate passer i guess so yeah i mean uh you know i think we both presume he's gonna end up being the guy um and and you know i'm i'm certainly not against that now i the whole thing of like oh he never throws an interception I, I, not to be you know like crazy contrary guy but like no, I don't want a quarterback who throws 20 picks. I mean, certainly not. But I also don't want a quarterback afraid of making a mistake or, you know, that type Which of thing. Which kind of so became Burko. It did. It did. You know, I mean, we've talked about that in relation to, you know, guys in the past with Graham. Graham was such a, you know, such an emphasis on, you know, we can't turn the ball over. Which, again, no. I mean, do, do you want a guy who's out there just, you know, flinging it around and recklessly putting the ball in jeopardy all the time? Definitely not. But I also don't want a guy who is, you know, afraid of, of making a play because sometimes to make a play, you've got to risk making a mistake. And, you know, I mean, those the, the, the best throws, the highlight throws are the ones that if you're a fraction late on, it's an interception. But you got to take that chance. And and so, uh, I mean, I like that. Certainly it's not a negative. I, and I haven't seen the kid play at all. So it's not like I can say, well, geez, yeah, he hasn't thrown any interceptions, but he's not making any plays. If he can find a way to make plays and, and you know, with running the ball too and limit your turnovers, that's that's the dream scenario. But I do get a little nervous about those type of reports sometimes because I think, you know, we, we play up, oh, he hasn't thrown an interception. Well, you know, okay, if the other guy's thrown two, but he's also, you know, making more plays, who's the quarterback you'd rather have? I'd rather have the guy who gives me a little bit of life and maybe he's going to make a mistake here or there. Not too many, but he's not afraid to make one. Yeah. The flip side of the ball, uh, the reports are that Chase Lucas has taken a leap. That, yeah. You know, that he is – Playing great. He had a pick in seven on seven. He had a pick in yeah. eleven on eleven, um, and has really been an effective corner as opposed yeah. to just the other corner. <laughs> I mean, I hope so. You, you know, you hope what we saw from him last year was maybe just a little bit of that sophomore slump, 
and his junior year is going to be closer to his freshman year. Uh, you know, you never know. I mean, he had a he had an unexpectedly good freshman year. You and I discussed before last year that I felt like, and I think you know we both agreed like there might have been a little bit too much praise of his freshman year, a little bit too much assumption that well, we've got a number one corner for the next two or three years. You know, it wasn't quite that. And he, he did get exposed a bit last year. And so um, hopefully he has, uh, you know, made made a leap forward. We won't know until we start actually playing other teams. Uh, I mean, it's, it's good to hear that he's looking good in practice, but I always take every single one of those practice reports with a grain of salt because we – you know, every year we've done this long enough now to know that what you hear about in March and April, February in this case, isn't always the same thing in September, October, and November. Yeah. Um, I think that the comps to Byron Murphy might have been premature. Premature. So. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, but, you know, we'll see. Hopefully he has a, a good year this year and um, I mean, it, it's it's obviously going to be an interesting. Uh, I mean, it's always interesting, and you know, every season is interesting in their own right. But uh, you know, with a brand new quarterback that we don't know who it is going to be yet, uh, you would you would think there's going to be more onus on the defense. That you know, they last year was kind of the opposite. We went into the year thinking offense really needs to carry the day, defense. Okay, we'll see how it goes. And and then, you know, as the year played out, it really wasn't that much of an imbalance. The defense was better than expected. The offense, until late in the year, really wasn't as good as expected. Um, but this year's going to feel the opposite going in, I think. You know, it's going to be a year where you feel like, okay, you, you need this defense, which showed some promise last year, to get even better. Because it might be a little a little rough early on offensively to try to figure out what we are. Yeah, and the defense is going to be young. More guys keep leaving, and I know, God, <laughs> young and and uh, not a lot of depth. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, hope these these freshmen and guys that are coming in, you know, are ready to play because any injuries they're going to be thrown into the fold. I think. I mean, I think you know, yeah, your your starters you feel okay about, but a lot of the depth has taken a hit with some of these transfers that uh, just, again, new way of life in college sports. You know, basketball's kind of already been that way for a few years. Football's catching up. That, you know, guys guys are taking off much quicker than they used to. Yeah, I will say one thing that is interesting about going to this NFL model for ASU, and Mm -hmm. we'll we'll see how it plays out, but in theory, these guys would be better prepared to handle free agency effectively that's what this is true, um true. you know that the guys in the you know not just the coaching staff but the football ops guys who yeah. been brought in yeah. under ray anderson that's true yeah i mean i you know i hope and and you know herm edwards i know was quoted you know this week or said you know maybe it was last week you know talked a lot about the transfer portal and said, you know, if you're going to bring a guy in from that, you've you got to do your due diligence to find out, you know, why did he leave the other place? What's, you know, what's the deal? And that's true. You know, certainly you don't want to just willy-nilly take on guys. But, you know, if we're going to lose uh, four or five, six guys, we need to we need to plug some of those holes that way. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what it is. You know, you can't, you can't lose, you know, six or seven guys, not bring in anybody, because cause then where's your depth? And, 
yeah. you know, we have a couple transfers already that are in the fold. I know at punter, for example, you know, we lost our punter, but he's being replaced by a guy who transferred and set out last year. So, you know, we've got to, got to get the flip side of that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's losing sleep Dalton to Iowa. Yeah. JJ Wilson, yeah. uh, Went to Auburn. to Auburn to play H-back. Going to play offense. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, Malik yeah. Lawal has left yeah. the program now. Joey Bryant uh, left the yeah. program. Which lost um, Slade and, and Bates yeah. and Chapman all in one day last couple weeks ago, and yeah. and then Hodges. There was Hodges this week or Hughes. What's the Hughes, Reggie or uh, Brock Reggie Hughes. Hughes? Brock Hughes, Reggie Hughes. I think it was Reggie Hughes. I don't know. Brock Sturgis uh, was the like guy that. who left. Brock Sturgis, yeah, we lost him last season, the running back. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, not Hodges, the, the receiver, now tight end. I know he's yeah. still there for now. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a fair amount, and that's, that's a fair amount of names just since the end of last year. And, you know, again, none of them are superstars. You know, you're not losing anybody that's like, man, that guy's probably an All-American or All-Conference, but – it's depth, it just just bodies, and you know we again those the freshmen better be ready because uh, beyond our first unit we don't have a lot of depth, especially on defense. It doesn't seem like yeah you're you're risking having to do uh, the Todd Graham special of just playing your starting eleven yeah twenty sixteen yeah 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 no the uh, New Mexico State game when we didn't sub the entire game um, so yeah I know I know which. I, I don't know about you, but I, I've read that unrelated to that a little bit, but it reminds me, you know, we're talking depth and one of the, one of the guys we knew we were losing. All of a sudden I'm hearing about Rennell Wren as a possible first round pick. Would you have ever guessed that? Uh, no, but you'll Neither recall I. that I was flabbergasted at Demarius Randall's. Demarius Randall. I know. I know. I mean, I, I didn't think he was a first round pick. I mean, it, this could be similar where it's like, wow, are we really going to have? I mean, is Rennell Wren going to go higher than Nikhil Harris? I've, I've now. Granted, these are February mock drafts, so they don't really mean anything. But I've read a couple mock drafts that have him in the first round, and Nikhil Harry not. Uh, you know, Wren's measurables are outstanding. They're going to be. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, he is a guy who, much like Kalen Balage, you know, he looks the part. He's probably going to impress at the combine and in workouts and things like that. You know, he's he's he fits the profile for a defensive tackle. The other thing is he put on video, and you can't oversell this. He put on video an elite first step uh, and penetration. Now, the problem was that wasn't what the scheme called for. <laughs> sometimes, it, yeah. Sometimes it resulted in him missing the play, but. But no, you're right. I mean, he, he definitely did show explosiveness. He was good. So was Demarius Randall. But, uh, you know, at no point in either one of their college careers for us did I think, that guy's a first-round pick. Um, but, uh, you know, sometimes it surprises you. And I, I, it, you know, I don't know where Nikhil Harry's going to go. I mean, he'd probably go second or third round at the latest, I'm sure. But I'm not hearing a lot about him as a first-round pick. Well, now, some I, of that's position. You yeah. know, I mean, there's less there's less priority on wide receiver than defensive tackle, I get. But it's still stunning to me. Yeah, I mean, the fear is that he'll have sort of a Jalen Strong-type drop. Yeah. Um, 
But everything I'm seeing has him, you know, even Mel Kuyper, who doesn't have him as a first round pick, has him as the third or fourth receiver yeah. off the board. It's just yeah, like you said, yeah. no, no one's really in the market. No, no. I mean, I, I you know, again, it's mid-February and they're, I think, I think 10 weeks from tonight is the draft. So things can change a lot between now and then. But I've, I've looked at, you know, a few of the mock drafts and there's maybe one or two receivers that people have going in the first round. And it's not the same guys. Um, you know, I, somebody has Marquise Brown from Oklahoma. Somebody has, uh, AJ Brown from Ole Miss. Um, I, you know, I think McShay had Nikhil Harry going first round in the last one he did. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's a variety of different guys that, that you know, I, one thing with Nikhil Harry, I don't think at least it doesn't appear he comes with the character concerns that Jalen Strong had. No, we didn't know it at the time, but Jalen Strong had some, some drug problems, um, and I think that caused his drop more than anything. Yeah, uh, I do think that he's got all of the off-field things you want. Uh, you know, I don't know that he'll be a Larry Fitzgerald type of you know the community no. just loves him, but he's got the story about sure. his you know about his coming to the greater the Phoenix place. area. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, moving when he was a kid without his family, and then once he was here, deciding he wanted to go to ASU to make sure that his, you know, the family that was in Phoenix right. could see him right. play. Yeah, well, I mean, it'd be a great story if the Cardinals took him. I obviously hope they don't because I want to root for him. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's a it's a great hometown, you know, feel good story if they were to take him. Um, and if he fell to round two, maybe they would. Uh, they're not going to take him number one. Now, maybe if they ended up back in the first round somehow, they they could end up getting him there or, or early in the second. Uh, they got the first pick of every round, I know. So, um, you know, that, that'd be interesting, obviously. Um, I, you know, I think he'll – and again, if he does well in workouts, I mean, he goes to the combine and runs really well, he might be back in the first round conversation because he's certainly got the size and the hands. If he shows great speed, all of a sudden, you know, you're like, well, what what is he missing? Probably not much of anything. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the first overall pick, obviously there's the, you know, whole I'll draft Kyler Murray number one. That's what I would do. And now he's in a position to do it. And he's saying, oh, right. look, Josh Rosen's our guy. Right, um, right. So Kingsbury's got to back off. But now we know-ish that they'll have yeah. a chance to draft <laughs> Kyler Murray because he has announced on Twitter, and yeah. you know that is the only official place to make news. Right, of course, yeah. Uh, that he is going to forego his baseball money so far. For now. And, yeah. <laughs> and go to the draft. Uh, yeah. Now the A's have said, okay, well, we're upping. Here's our offer. Uh, yeah. And they haven't, from what I've heard, demanded the full return of the signing bonus, though they've no. demanded – that if he does enter the draft, a significant return on return, it. yeah, which they should. I mean that that should that's to be expected. But yeah, they they're playing the long game, you know. And and uh, funny two two different things this week that kind of just made me chuckle in how we consume sports now. Not saying anybody's wrong or right, but you know, Kyler Murray says I, you know, well, his Twitter says he didn't actually say it with his own you know lips, but you know, his Twitter. I'm I'm fully invested in football. And within 24 hours, we got stories of, well, yeah, but, uh, you know, if he doesn't get drafted where he wants, the A's could offer him more money than any NFL team could because they go over, you know, they can offer him a major league contract. So we'll see. 
And then associated with that, you know, the rumor starts again that the Cardinals, uh, maybe they'll trade Josh Rosen and they'll take Murray. And, and then the Cardinals come out and, you know, I have nothing good to say about the Cardinals, but boy, I mean, they couldn't have answered it more quicker and, and pretty you know, emphatically def- definitive. Yes. You know, Bidwell says something. Kingsbury says something. Josh is our guy. And within 12 hours, not even that it's, well, yeah, they might be saying that, but eh, I don't really, you know, they, they can change their mind, blah, blah, blah. And again, nobody's wrong here because NFL teams lie all the time. So I get why the media does this, but it is funny that this is a no-win situation for them. Because if the Cardinals hadn't said anything, it had been, well, geez, they're not saying anything. They're leaving Josh Rosen to twist in the wind. Clearly, they're going to get rid of him. They don't, they don't support him anymore. But by coming out and supporting him, it's like, well, yeah, but they could be lying. Well, and that's the, the thing is, it's all the other thing, which is kind of how sports is, and, and I think yeah. rightly so, is it's kind of all relative. It's like, you know, I think in bas- in the NBA, Giannis is untouchable, LeBron yeah. is untouchable, but that's pretty much it. And if one that's of them said they it. wanted to believe, you know, so when they say like, well, we don't have any intention of trading Josh Rosen, right. if – the Dolphins came back and said, we'll give you our first, second, and next year's first and second. You'd have to think about it. You yeah, trade Josh absolutely. Sure, sure, yeah. I mean, absolutely. And, and you know, and I get it. I, again, I'm not I'm not being critical of them. I'm, not, I'm also not being critical of the media because, you know, teams lie all the time. Coaches lie. Players lie. I mean, the, you know, the, I'll go to the, you know, one of the most famous ones. I'm not going to be the Alabama coach. Well, two weeks later and still 12 years later, he still is the Alabama coach. So, you know, I mean, we're, we're trained to think that what we hear is a lie. Yeah. And yet at the same time, like, what could they have done differently? And again, it, it puts me in a weird spot, almost like feeling like I'm sticking up for the Cardinals. I'm not. But just more from the general perspective, like, man, they came out and, you know, quickly and emphatically said, you know, we're going to build around Josh Rosen. Josh is our guy. That's the quote. And then it's like, well, yeah, he's their guy for now, but they could change their minds in 10 weeks. And sure, they could, but it, it just made me laugh, I guess, more than anything. Honestly, from a Jersey sales perspective, they should trade Rosen and draft Murray and then fall to the number <laughs> one pick again, trade Murray, draft the next guy, and just keep selling jerseys. <laughs> just keep doing it, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't expect that they will trade Josh Rosen because um, when it comes down to it, and not that he's damaged goods by any means, but what are you going to get equivalent value for what you gave up for? They gave up two extra picks in addition to moving, you know, their own first round picks. You're going to get that back? Probably not. But, I mean, maybe somebody would give that to you, but probably not. Um, and and so I don't think they will. I think he'll be the quarterback. I think they'll probably take a defensive lineman, you know, Bosa or somebody like that first overall. But it, it makes for good copy. I mean, it's much more, it's much sexier in February to say, "Ooh, the Cardinals could draft Kyler Murray." Then, yeah, they'll probably draft Nick Bosa. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. and Nick Bosa may end up being a much better player than Kyler Murray, but right now, it's not as entertaining. Well, and you got ten weeks, as you said, of exactly. content to fill. Still, exactly, it's like yeah, at least yeah. Kyler Murray's giving you some drama. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh god. I mean, you and I talked, you know, a month or so ago when it when it started to kind of gain some ground that he might enter the draft. And, and we, you know, we said like ESPN is wanting this NFL network is wanting this because he is going to be the focal point of this draft. Um, he is going to be the name. Nick Bosa is a good player, 
but he's not a headliner. Here's Wayne Haskins, really good player. You know, we have had a great year, but he's not, he's not a guy you build your draft coverage around. There's a nice secondary well, piece. Well, and the thing but, is, there's no drama to it. The, no, the drama no. is everyone wants to have the next Aaron Rodgers who's sitting there. Yeah, and, and you get to play the game of well, when is this guy going to come Where off does the he board? Go? Who's going to take him if he drops? If he drops past the top ten, is you know, are the A's on the phone with him right now? I mean, you can just you can see it coming on that Thursday night. You know, well, you know, he could always go play baseball if he's not happy with where he goes. Or, um, and and you know, he's a headliner. He's a star name. He won the Heisman. He played in the playoff. He was, you know, he was a big name before he ever started a game at Oklahoma because of being picked to baseball. Uh, you know, there's just like Dwayne Haskins, as good as he was, is not right now a star name. You know, the 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 average, you know, Joe Schmo on the street doesn't know who Dwayne Haskins is, but they might know who Kyler Murray is. You know, they, they might have heard the name. They probably have. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, it's a it's the sex appeal of the draft is him for this year. So uh, there's one other NFL story that we didn't discuss during our very detailed prep, but I, (laughs) I want to bring it up. All right. Uh, the Cleveland Browns signed Kareem Hunt and John Dorsey, the GM of the Browns who was in the draft room responsible for drafting Kareem Hunt with, uh, the chiefs vouched for him, said, I know him. I know his character. He, you know, he's going to be a good fit. That, to me, is objectively horrible PR. <laughs> like, yeah. like yeah. don't vouch for him. Don't you, you signed him at the most right. quiet, nondescript time. Don't, don't do this. Put out a statement no, saying, you know, put out the statement without the quote of, you know, he's in therapy. He's mm-hmm. committing to doing uh, community service and helping to speak on these issues, and you know he served his punishment. And have it be sure. to to borrow a phrase uh, from a writing style. Have it be the voice of God saying it. Don't don't put yeah. your name on it. Just these no, are the facts. No. This is what's happening. I, uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, it's a it's a risky move um, for anybody who did it. And, and look, I don't think they should have signed him. I'm gonna. I'm going to go on record and say we've learned that the running back position is fungible. It is. It there is. was um, no reason to bring him back. No, but and the difference between him and, and a Ray Rice is, you know, his his peak is still going as an as a player. Yeah, and he was. You know, he led the NFL in rushing as a rookie. He was on pace to do it again last year. Um, and he can catch passes. You know, I mean, he's the modern running back. You can use him as a as a pass catcher. He's not a uh, you know a guy who can just run between the tackles like a Jerome Bettis. Yeah. Um, well, and look, like, you know, I mean, you're getting him cheap. Um, we, so yeah, I mean, I see what you mean, but at the same time, aside from obviously the huge asterisk that comes with you know his his off the field stuff, he's exactly what you want in a running back. He's young. He's cheap. He's good. And that, that's what teams look for in their running back position now. Yeah, and, and look, I'm not naive. I, I acknowledge the fact that he was cut from a team that still employs Tyreek Hill. Um, right, right. Yes. You know, yes. 
Yeah. He's, he's going yeah. to a division that still employs Joe Mixon. There's yes, you know, yes, yes. yeah. I mean, there's there's always going to be. I mean, what we were talking about this over the summer in relation to you know Jameis Winston and Adrian Peterson. I remember you know talking about this. Um, if if you're good and you're harder to replace, or you bring a value that is that is harder to get somewhere else, and his production the last two years would say that he does, you're going to get more chances. I mean, you know, it's cynical, but I think it's 100% true. The reason Ray Rice never got another chance was because the year before all that happened, he wasn't very good. And, and you know, I think nobody wanted to take on the circus that would have come with signing Ray Rice to get a guy who was going to average three yards per carry. But mm-hmm. Kareem Hunt has been really good. And, you know, the Browns made some progress last year, had a good second half. They're going to go into 2019 with – playoff expectations they really are and and probably appropriately given what they've done and how they looked in the second half of the year he could be a big part of it you, you know you pair him with nick chubb and you've got you know baker mayfield you've got this young defense that's got some stars on it and you think you know especially in a division where the steelers have become the soap opera you know the, the ravens we don't know what they're going to be completely with lamar jackson the Bengals are the Bengals. is it there for the taking kind of looks like it so I get why they would do it, but it certainly comes with risk. We will have plenty of time to discuss this and my sure, sure. I my mean, increasingly conflicted personal feelings about the NFL. I mean, do, do not mistake here. I'm not predicting the Browns are going to the playoffs yet. It's okay. February. There's a long way to go. But, I, you know, is it reasonable to think that they will be a contender for the playoffs next year? Yeah. I mean, they were in it until week 16 this year. And that was with a bad start. So, and the know, rest I, of the division is sliding back to them. It is. I mean, Pittsburgh leading the way, it seems. Although, who knows? You know, we'll see. Maybe they'll yeah. land on their feet. Um, well, but, and and the Ravens just traded a Super Bowl MVP. So, what are you going to do? They did. <laughs> they did. That was an interesting news item. I, I found it. Uh, I don't know what you thought. You know, it's it's funny how. And I've never been a huge Joe Flacco fan necessarily, but the guy's been pretty good. And he's not ancient. I mean, he was in the same draft class as Matt Ryan. I don't think anybody thinks Matt Ryan's career is nearing its end. And he did and like, win you know, a Super Bowl and have one of the he greatest did. postseason <laughs> runs. Postseason runs, yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm reading the general reaction is like, ah, oh, what are the Broncos doing? He's no better than Case Keenum. Like, I think he's better than Case Keenum. I'm sorry. And I, I don't think that's that. a controversial position to take. I don't think so either, but... But you know, from what I, I read look, yesterday, I, apparently it is. He's not as good, objectively, probably, as, at being a quarterback as Matt Ryan or, right. you know, that tier. But Case Keenum threw 15 picks and 18 touchdowns last year. He yeah. was in a, a very tough battle with Paxton Lynch to win the job. Yeah. He, you mean, know. Yeah, Case Keenum has had one good season. Then that was with Minnesota when they had a great defense. And great I mean, receivers. mean, did have a good year. Huh? Great receivers, too. Absolutely, yeah. Diggs and, and Thielen and Kyle Rudolph. And now, you could say, you know, well, they had those same guys this year and they weren't as good. And that's true. Well, you know, you're correct. They were not as good with Kirk Cousins. Um, and but I'm that, not but part of that was year. their defense was bad. Thielen had a their great season. <laughs> and their offensive line became a disaster. But, you know, I mean, they, they, they had injuries and it was not the same offensive line that, that was in front of Keenum. Now, Keenum had a good year there. And I'm not, not you know, to me, I think Case Keenum is a, uh, 
he's a Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, somebody like that. If you got him as a backup, Doug Flutie, you're pretty good. Yes, yes. If he's your backup. You feel pretty good. He could step in. He could he could start two, three, four games. He could win you two or three or four games, and probably pretty solid. But if he's your full time starter, I don't think you're going anywhere. And Joe Flacco has shown he can take you somewhere. Now it's been a while. I mean, they've been to the playoffs once with him in the last what six years since they won that Super Bowl, excluding this year when you know basically they made that run with Jackson. So I'm not I'm not giving him too much credit for that. Um, so you know it's been a bit. And if you want to say you know his his prime is over, that may be true. But if I'm the Broncos, I'm not. I think I've upgraded. I, and I, and I, that was the thing I kept hearing yesterday. Well, that's not really an upgrade. I think it is. And I, I don't think that's crazy to say, but I guess it is now. I, my favorite joke take of it was John Elway working hard to make sure he's the best quarterback in Broncos history. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was good. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I get the, you know, the, the desire or, or whatever it may be, the, the joy that people are taking and kind of parroting Elway because he has made some mistakes at quarterbacks, but, you know, since Manning, um, he's drafted poorly, you know, he's made poor decisions there. I also know that Flacco has kind of become a, you know, a punching bag since he got all that money after the Super Bowl. Which is not like, his you know, fault. <laughs> it's not. No, it's not. I mean, you know, he had a great run. He timed it perfectly well. He was a free agent and he got that money. Um, but, you know, there's been kind of that running joke about, you know, Joe Flacco is Joe Flacco elite. I mean, that's been, the, you know, the media joke for about eight years now. But he's a pretty good quarterback who's been mostly durable, too. I mean, he tore his ACL three, four years ago and missed some time last year. That's it. You know, in, in nine of his 11 seasons, he started every game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I take my chances with him. I mean, who are they going to get that's better? Uh, realistically, who's available that's better. I'd rather have him than Nick Foles. I just would. And Nick Foles will cost you draft picks. That, right, you know, right, Like exactly. real draft picks. Right. More than a fourth rounder. And you're going to have to sign Nick Foles to a new deal. You know, I mean, you're gonna, he's, he's going to make a lot of money. Now, Flacco's making a lot of money, too. I, I mean, but, I, but it's I sliding can't. scale a lot of money. Flacco was yes. the highest paid quarterback the year after right. they won that Super Bowl. He now is he's nowhere close. Yeah. Now, yeah. as the cap has gone up and quarterback salaries have gone up his deal is reasonable Not that, and there's yeah. nothing guaranteed left mm-hmm. so they could bring him in if it doesn't work this year they can get out of it with with no dead money at all so i think it's a worthy risk for them I, you know again i mean it's february am i gonna say well this is the move that's gonna get them back in the playoffs no but i i think it's a good move i think it's an upgrade and i think it's the best available option given who's available uh, you know, everybody's in love with Nick Foles. I, I think, you know, do I think Nick Foles is good enough to start for somebody? Sure. But isn't Joe Flacco Nick Foles, but with a much more accomplished resume? They each had one great postseason run. They each won a Super Bowl MVP. But Joe Flacco's shown for 10 years he could be a pretty good NFL starter. Nick Foles has not. Yeah. Flacco was a first-round pick. He has the pedigree. Right. He Right, know. right. I mean, you know, with Nick Foles, most of the – Half the time in Nick Foles' career, he hasn't looked like a competent NFL quarterback. Some of the time he has. You know, he looked good in, in the NFC title game in the Super Bowl last year. He looked great. Prior to that, last year, he didn't look very good. But let's not forget in Week 17, the Eagles fans wanted Nate Sudfeld to be the playoff starter because Foles was so bad. 
Um, you know, he started the beginning of this year when Wentz was hurt. He wasn't very good. So, you know, like, let's let's not go crazy with Nick Foles' mania. He's, he's probably also Ryan Fitzpatrick. A nice, solid quarterback, but if he's your 16-game starter, I'm not sure how good you're going to be. And look, the, he will join, I think, in the history of the NFL. He will join Trent Dilfer. Yeah. You know, Brad Johnson as, as guys where yeah. it's like, well, that that guy. That guy won a Super Bowl. Got yeah. one. Yeah. You know? I mean, to me, he's Jeff Hostetler. Stepped in late in the year and led a really good team to win the Super Bowl. Now, different game then. I mean, Hostetler didn't, didn't throw for the amount of yards or have win the Super Bowl MVP, but same idea. Um, and, you know, had a nice probably five to ten years as a starter bouncing around the league after that for a couple different teams. Bulls can maybe do that, but do I ever expect him to get back to that peak? No. Maybe I'll be proven wrong. This isn't an anti-U of A thing. really isn't. I I just don't think he's that good. It's nice that you have to put that caveat in. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, do I, do I dislike him because he played for the U of A? Sure, I'll admit that. But I'm trying to be objective here as much as I can be. Yeah. Uh, one last football note. The AAF has yes. begun, and yes. Burko did not finish the first game because he spent a, a lot, game. Spent a lot yeah. of it uh, getting knocked on his backside. rocked <laughs> repeatedly. Yeah, there was the highlight reel hit that, you know. Made it on Center. Got a lot of attention, but he got beat up. Yeah, yeah, and and when he when he did have time to throw, didn't play very well. He threw two picks, and yeah, it was a rough start for our for our boy. Um, but uh, did you watch much of it? I mean, what what do you think of what you watched? If you watched, um, I was surprised because I kind of thought that it would be either league wide all offense or all defense, so, mm-hmm. somebody would be – one side of the ball would just naturally be ahead of the mm-hmm. other. So mm-hmm. I was surprised to find that, that it wasn't that way. No, uh, I mean, the, the game here was, was you know, high scoring. I mean, back yeah. and forth, and I went and, and watched the first half, and, yeah, I mean, there was more offense now that the game I, – I watched a little bit of the, the game with Burko, which was, what, San Antonio and – San Diego. Whoever. San Diego, San Diego yeah. fleet, which gets to a point that it, you know, it, it's, it's good, but it's going to be interesting to see the, how this goes, because there's no, there's no team loyalty at this point. You know, you can't you know, build that in, well, in one week, one year. Here's the thing so, about it. If they, if they really embrace an excellent job by Bill Polian to get the story planted about mm-hmm. uh, the chargers are, Going to treat it like a minor yes. league, and they're sending people yes. to everywhere, and you know, yes. and they they really care, and you know, they. I'm, <laughs> I'm yeah, I completely agree with you. They they need to embrace, and it appears they are that they are a developmental league. Well, they basically they, they basically are a four A level. Like these guys are a top tier college guy. Sure. Level, uh, you know, yes. And, yes, and they're they're guys who've had how you know that it's triple A is a lot of the rosters have had a cup of coffee in the NFL. They've yeah. they've signed, yeah. you know, they've been a practice squad guy for a year yeah. or they've played a yeah. couple years like Will Sutton. Preseason games. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's some guys who 
who have played, you know, I mean, Trent Richardson was what the number three pick in the draft. Now he's an unusual one, but, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's some names, but yeah, I mean, they were touting that on every one of the broadcasts, you know, 81% of the guys in this league have been, you know, on an NFL roster. I'm sure probably of that 81%, you know, 75% have not played in an NFL regular season game, but they've played some preseason games. They were with the practice squad, you know, things like that. And, and that's good. I mean, that's what it needs to be. And the league, like independent league baseball, kind of is set up where if you get the call, you mm-hmm. go. There's you no, go. there's no impediment. There, the, you know, hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, they would if 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 this comes together, the best thing for this league would be, you know, keep it at eight teams. Maybe you go to twelve at max, but eight is perfect because that perfectly divides. And you actually, you know, you actually have a deal with NFL. You have a, an actual tie-in, and you got, you know, four teams that are feeders to the Arizona Hotshots. Kind of like the fall and, league. Kind of like the Arizona yeah, fall exactly. league. Exactly. And know? so you can send guys. You know, you can send your your you know your off-season guy, your practice squad guys, and your first-year guys. Not your rookies, because obviously the you know you don't draft till the no. season's over. But you can send your guys. You know, and maybe some guys who even played a little bit last year. Send them to those teams and have them have them play, get them some reps. You know, get, like we were talking about with the G League, have those coaches be affiliated with the team or with the NFL. And, well, and that's the thing so is you getting, can you can go kind of vanilla, but one thing the fall league does, which is a true minor league thing, is the mm-hmm. teams send coaches. Now they don't coaches. send their head coach or their manager no. of the major league sure, team, sure. but they send you know this is our roving field instructor. So yeah, you know. Why not send your quarterback coach to go who's never called plays before mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. for one year you're the offensive coordinator for yeah. the Birmingham Iron. Congratulations. Right, right. You know. Yeah, I mean I think it could be a good thing. You know, we talk about what you know, what are you here? Offensive line play is so bad in the NFL. Well, send your young offensive linemen, your practice squad guys, stuff like that to have them, you know, play and, and be a part of this for 10 weeks. Get some practice reps. I mean, because right now there's no NFL practices at all. OTAs don't start until you know mid-May uh, for for teams with new coaches. They can start a couple weeks earlier. So this is a time of year. The entire run of this season, you could be getting guys some time. Now again, you've got to collectively bargain this. Yeah, I was gonna I say. I mean, it. that's really where the hangup's gonna be. You do. I mean, this ha- you know it has to be embraced by the players' association. But I don't see that it necessarily wouldn't. Because again, you put you put something on there that you know okay. Only if you are, you know, one year or less of service can you do this. Yeah. So a team can't say to their third year guy, "Hey, we need you to go to the AA." No. Okay. You know, that, that, I get it. Well, and but, you can. You know, well, and the other thing is, or you do it in a reverse and say, you know, as an incentive, you can offer a guaranteed practice squad spot to a guy who yeah. does that. But if you do, you cannot cut him from the practice squad. Right. Right. You know. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's, there's, there's mechanics of it to work out certainly you know you but it, but it could be done and i think it'd be very good for the nfl and it'd be good for this league i mean they they need to they need to accept what they are and i mean I, i'm as a fan who likes and I, I think i texted you this i mean i i, I love random football uh, you know i had fun going to that game and watching john wolford uh because i remember watching him play for wake forest um not a lot of fans are like me i get that but really, they, they shouldn't put it here. They shouldn't put it in Atlanta. The, the places to put it are San Antonio, Orlando, Birmingham, places that don't have the NFL. Oklahoma City. Because, yes, Portland. 
you know, I mean, places that, that cities and like, you know, they don't, they don't get, you know, they don't have NFL football. Maybe they have a college intent like San Antonio's got UTSA, but it's not a big college, you know? So, so people that live there, they're thinking, yeah, I'll go out and see a football game. Why not? People are here and in Atlanta, I mean, if they really want to see a football game, they're going to go to see the Cardinals or CASU or see the Falcons or see Georgia Tech or Georgia, which isn't far away. You know, things like that. Well, I mean, and I and just, part of it is if you if you can do it with like Birmingham and the yeah. reason why I said Oklahoma City is because like Birmingham, yes. it's a state that has a great love of college football. Yes. But there's not like a no major pro. college right there either. Right. Right, and, and not so you major college and no pro football at all. Yeah, so well, you, and, you, and you with fill the way, a gap there. You know, with the way they're structured now, you know that would probably this would go by the wayside with an NFL tie-in. But if yeah. you structure it as, hey, first dibs is if you went to college in a state or a bordering state, you, right. you're going to that school. Well, right, you know, like Which I was is what they've done. You know, I mean, all those Alabama guys and Auburn guys are playing for Birmingham. Yeah, um, it was neat know, to see Carl Bradford and Will Sutton. It was. You know. Run Robert back Nelson out on the field. And, yeah, I mean, we, there were several guys. You know, Rashad Ross caught that long touchdown pass. Like, guy, you know, I remember watching these guys play for ASU. And, I mean, it was probably cool for them, too. Not many guys are playing at their college home stadium. So, I'm sure it was probably, you know, kind of kind of different for them. They probably figured they'd never play a game there again. Now they're back there. So, it, you know, it's unique. And, I mean, it, it just it's important that they remain what they are. You're not going to beat the NFL. You're not going to compete with the NFL. Those days are long, long, long gone. I mean, I think we talked about this not long ago. The days of the AFL when they competed, that's a different world. Or even the USFL. Um, right, right. You know, it's just not going to happen. Um, but if you can if you can be a good developmental league and work with the league, and they clearly are. I mean, games are on NFL Network, and they've got, you know, Bill Pulley and Troy Polamalu and Heinz Ward and, you know, a lot of significant NFL ties. Um that's good. And, uh, you know, I had fun going to see it. It didn't draw a great crowd here. Um, well, but that's but the other thing fun. is if you embrace your triple A ness. Yes. And yes. you make the games not fun. secondary, but, you know, part of a broader show. Right. You know, right. you're throwing yeah. peanuts at the people during the timeouts. You're, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, you're racing the mascot in a 40 yard dash during sure, the TV sure, timeout. Yeah. I mean, you have. You have a little fun with it, and and yeah, I mean you 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 still have you know you still try to win the games and all that. And you have a you know a league title. I mean minor league baseball does. They have they have their you know postseason champions yeah. and all that. But you know if if a guy's good enough, and again if you're not competing with the NFL, you're not going to have this where you know you're losing a guy mid season. So if you're running it in February to April, and you know John Wolford continues to play like this, and then you know the hot shots are tied in with the chargers and they say hey you know what you're coming up to you know be with us in otas you're going to be with us in the preseason maybe he makes a team they're going to be the starter probably not but you know you have stories like that that that's what this that's what will build the league now i do think they also would would be helped early on by having a star or two a notable name or two. I mean, you're not you're not getting an NFL star, but well, there a Johnny was a, Manziel. There was a story like that. that they uh, I just saw in the bottom line that they approached Kaepernick, Kaepernick and Tebow. Yes, I saw that too. And, yeah, were and Tebow apparently declines to you know continue with baseball, which which I you know I respect that Kaepernick. They don't see. I mean, apparently they declines. said he wanted a lot of money. Yeah, which it's a fixed salary. 
Um, you know, and, and I don't, I don't believe Kaepernick would come back to play in the AAF. I just don't. Um, but you know, Manziel has one more year in the CFL. It would do them a lot of good to have Manziel next year. Like after he's done with the CFL, they should, they should get him unless an NFL team comes calling. They should get him because he would put people in the seats. I mean, if Manziel was playing for San Antonio and they came to play here, you'd have 20,000 people show up. I, I believe, you know, I believe that because he's, he's an entertainment. Well, he name. won the Heisman. You know he's a story. Yeah. 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 Now yeah. he's a redemption story too. You know I mean? So well, cause right, I would certainly, I would go a hundred percent. Well, cause I right mean, now I, the draw really, other than the guys who went to your school is the coaches. Right. It's like, Oh, it's exactly. Mike Martz. How do yep. you like that? Yeah. Steve Spurrier. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm disappointed Orlando's not coming here. I'd like to see Spurrier. Um, you know, they're one of the teams that doesn't actually come here. So, yeah, I mean, you, you've got to have, because you don't have any team loyalty right now. I mean, you, you know, I watched the beginning of the game, the, you know, San Antonio and, and San Diego game, and it reminded me of an NFL preseason game because it was exciting at the very beginning. And then as you keep watching, it's like, well, I really don't care who wins. I mean, what does this matter to me? There's no, there's no brand tie-in. There's no loyalty to a certain team or player or anything like that. So who cares? So if you had a star to, to kind of, you know, keep people interested, that would help. A name, I should say, not really a star. I mean, again, you know, you're not getting, uh, you're not getting Patrick Mahomes to come play in the AAF for 250 grand. Uh, but you know, if you can get some names like Tebow, or, you know, those type of guys. They're not in the NFL anymore, but maybe they want to get back. We know who they are. That's going to help. Yeah. Well, there will be someone who gets cut from a team. Yeah. Or somebody who needs to do some image rehab. Yes. Yes. You know. Yes. I mean, uh, Manziel to me is 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 the name um, because you know Kaepernick, unless he's unless yes. he's going to the XFL. Which, Which he could, I suppose. Yeah. Although, I, I yeah. will tell you, Vince is trying to compete. He is. And, this and I is, don't think it's going to work. And this is trying to supplement. And, exactly. And Benzel wants to get back to the NFL. This is his This is his route. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, I don't know if it's going to work, but this would be his route. You know, get yourself on the radar, play well, and maybe you get an invite to a, a camp. Uh, you know, and, and you get yourself on an off-season roster, see what happens. Yeah. I mean, that to me is the name, because Kaepernick comes with baggage. You know, I, I mean, that's that's not a controversial statement. Like, you know, I mean, yeah, Kaepernick would draw some eyeballs, but he'd also turn some people off. Mm-hmm. Manziel would, you know, I mean, Manziel is one of those that like, oh, yeah, Johnny Manziel, yeah, let's go watch him. Why not? You he know, might be not playing, he else. might be playing under the influence. And, you know, right, yeah. <laughs> he's, I mean, you know, he's a good old country boy from Texas who just, you know, he had some problems, but he's trying to make a comeback. Everybody loves a good comeback story. Uh, you know, there's there's a fair amount of people who, if they sign Kaepernick, would, would very quickly say, well, I'm not watching. You've lost me. One thing that they could do in this age of content, content, content. Yeah. Is, you know, Netflix with Last Chance You. Yeah. I don't know yeah. these guys. I don't know what happens to them for the most part unless they play yeah. against ASU and I recognize the name or it's the right. quarterback. I, right. I don't right. really know what happens when these guys leave. But if they did this for the AAF, because I watch Last Chance You every year. Uh, yeah, I'll watch that. If you show that me a, a – we're doing a 
you know, hard knocks. Hard knocks style. You know, for a whole season. San Diego fleet. Something like that. Yeah. Yep. I, I agree. What do yeah, I care? I'll watch point. it. I, I'm uh-huh. curious to know, you know, what it, what's it like for the wife of someone who, yeah. you know, is yeah. trying to keep the dream alive? What, you know. Well, you get those personal ties. I mean, I, you know, there's a guy, I think he plays for the Bears now, but he was with the Rams a couple of years ago, Eric Cush, when they were on Hard Knocks. And, I mean, every time I'll see him in a game, it's all, I always say, oh, yeah, that's the guy from Hard Knocks. You know, I mean, it, it gives you that tie to somebody that, you know, like, oh, yeah, I, I remember that guy. Um, you know, rather than just being a name in the, in the, on the roster. So yeah, I mean, that is, that is a good idea. Very much a good idea to, you know, do something with Netflix or with NFL network or something where you get, you know, some behind the scenes, um, you, you know, you spotlight, you know, four or five different players, um, you know, maybe a guy who's been in the NFL, maybe a rookie who's trying to make his way, you know, that you do like, yeah. kind of like the hard knocks. Yeah, you give me a star, follow- and you give me a couple guys who aren't really stars, but they're good yeah. stories. So let's let's spotlight them here. Yeah, and I'm sure when you look around the league, there's got to be guys. You know, there's that guy who's 30 who's on the team. Yes. Uh, yes, you know who, you know, he's keeping the dream alive. And I'm sure there are guys who, you know, d- does Will Sutton walk into the first practice wearing all of this Bears gear? Right, to let everyone right. know, hey, I I was there, sure, and I'm planning sure. on going back. You know. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, there's there's good stories there, and people love that kind of thing. And, and yeah, you're right. I mean, that's how you kind of manufacture some interest uh, rather than just. I mean, in, in a way, that's that's a good point. And you know, maybe even a better way to do it than signing a Johnny Mandel or a Colin Kaepernick, which would just be like you know almost a transparent attempt like we got to get a start of get people to pay attention you you make them known somehow yeah now, they're well, never going to be as known as johnny Manziel who won the heisman but still you know you build up some stories and it's like oh, yeah i want to i want to go see that guy because i watched him on netflix he seems like a good guy let's go out and watch that game tonight yeah well and the other thing is it'll be it'll give me something to remember because sure. you know other than the guys who played for asu when I was watching the game, I'm like, I don't know. I don't, Me too. you know, Me too. I, I mean, but I, that there's was, a highlight where Burko gets lit up. I have no yes. idea who the defensive end was. Who the guy was. Me neither. You know? Me neither. No, I mean, there were, and, and you know, I mean, I watch a lot of college football and follow, you know, college football. I don't know every name on every roster by any means. Because they got rid of NCAA like, football. That's the only reason. They, that's yeah, yeah, exactly. I used to know more when I would name all the players. You're right. But, uh, but you know this, yeah. What, looking at some of the rosters and realizing, like, wow, okay, yeah, I know a lot of these names, but there's probably fifty percent of the names that I've never heard of. Uh, you know, so yeah, it illustrated to me, like, well, I follow college football, but there's a lot of guys out there, you, even I don't know, in all the college football I watch. Yeah, the reason why I think something like this would be a success if you if you did it right, and just and by right, I mean you just rip off hard knocks. And last chance you, and you give me the unfiltered, you know, their personal life, the full, is because like East Mississippi Community College, never Uh heard of it before this show. Apparently they had won a number of JUCO national titles. I had never heard of them. But now, whenever I look at the recruiting rankings and I see somebody went to East Mississippi, (laughs) I'm like, oh, all right. Yeah. 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 yeah, No, I'm the same way with stuff like that. I mean, you, you, 
you know, you put something in people's minds. And like I said, there's, there's guys from years ago on hard knocks that I still, I see them with other teams and it's like, Oh yeah, that's the guy who, you know, he, uh, who was, who was the guy I'm trying to remember what his name was. Well, wasn't Chris he Hogan was, one of those guys? Chris Hogan was with the dolphins. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was the guy from Michigan State, Bulla. I think it was his, his younger brother played for Michigan State more recently, but Riley Bulla. Oh, yeah. Um, from a couple years ago, you know, like his With the battle weird to hair. make the team. Yes, yes. You know, so it's, it, and then you see that guy, you even see his brother or something, and it's like, oh, yeah, I remember him. When otherwise, he wouldn't stand out at all. You know, it'd just be another guy on a roster. So, yeah, I mean, it, it does kind of you know every year there's always those two or three guys that you kind of start you know you get you see something every week and they're competing for a job and who's going to make the team and who doesn't and then they maybe end up with another team but you still remember them from that so it 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 is a good thing and yeah that's that's a very good idea um well and the thing is if you give it to me unfiltered Uh then uh you know i might be inclined to watch the next week because I understand you'll give me the all the lead up to the game. Sure. And I understand we're trying to win, so you got to be tactical right, right, right. about you know you what you're going to you know X's and O's meetings and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. But show yeah. me the practice because when in Hard Knocks you're just watching them bang heads and then you watch the video when they're sure. showing like the ice that they never show you the full play, sure. they, but they not, show you no, the isolation. They, they say, "Look at him, he's knocking you off the ball." You know. <laughs> yeah. And yep, you hear the coaches right, saying. Right. Yeah, man, I really, you know, I really wish that he could just get off the ball because he's got the yeah, best attitude, yeah. but he just, you no, know. you're right. You're never seeing game planning meetings. You're never seeing, you know, the all 22 camera where you're seeing how plays develop or anything. So, But you don't feel like yeah. you're missing it. And if they gave no, me that, no. then I could watch the next week and be like, oh, that's the dude whose, you know, girlfriend just dumped him and he's trying right. to, you know, channel all of his focus onto Agreed. this. yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, that does that does have potential, and I wouldn't be surprised if they did something like that. Um, you know, because if they are partnered with the NFL, and they certainly appear to be, the NFL is good with stuff like that. Um, you know, they, they've been doing hard knocks for a long time, and you know, it's become such a huge hit. Um, although no team wants to do it, I did <laughs> think it was funny that the Lions this week were like, "Yeah, the Raiders should do it. The Raiders would be great." Yeah, yeah. they don't have a home park. They got John yeah, Gruden. John That's all I got. I'm tapped out. Yeah, yeah, that's about it. Yes, it's a all-star week in the NBA. Our boy James Harden streak is still going. Yeah, uh, he's gonna, you know, make it to make it past the all-star break now. Thirty-one straight. He's very good. Um, yeah, I I've enjoyed the rolling discussion that keeps happening in NBA Twitter and NBA podcasting of. Well, it's so frustrating to watch him play. I, you know, it's just the same thing over and over again. And you know, it's like, well, it's kind of like the Patriots, I guess. I like right. him, so the fact that he keeps do- doing the same thing and no one stops him, I'm fine exactly. with that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, the notion that it's like, you know, oh well, he's just, you know, yeah, he's just putting up monster numbers. He takes a ton of shots. Well, if it was that easy, somebody else would have done it. Uh, you know, I mean, there's plenty of guys who can score a lot. Uh, he, the only it's, person who he's behind on this streak is Wilt. Is Wilt, right, <laughs> right. You know, so, yeah, I mean, there's there's other guys who could do this type of thing. 
but they haven't. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's the, it's the world we live in today. You got to always find a way to critique anything and everything. I mean, if, if anything is, is special, then it's a way to tear it down and that they're tearing that down. They're tearing down Russell Westbrook's, you know, triple double streak. Um, you know, it's like, we can't just appreciate something. You got to find a way to nitpick at it. And I recognize that we're in a analytics based right. realm and, some of this is less impressive when you put it in the context of yeah, but he's you know he's only averaging you know point eight seven points per possession on these when right. you know when on possessions where they pass the ball three times they're averaging one point oh seven points sure, per possession. Sure, it's like yeah. I get it, but let's appreciate the fact that you know it. Somebody said this. I think it was Zach Lowe talking about how NBA players love and respect Carmelo when everyone else has like abandoned it because it's like, well, he scores and it's hard hard to score. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, uh, you know, and, and you're right. I mean, it's, you know, the, the league baseball has become the same way with all these, you know, fancy stats and analytics. And I, I get them to an extent. I, I've not, really totally embraced it like some, but I, I can see the value in some things. Um, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, basketball is still about, you know, who puts the ball in the hoop the most. And, and this guy can do it a lot. Um, and that matters, you know, I mean, uh, is he is, I mean, you know, do you have to factor in that, you know, there's more threes taken now and that's certainly, you know, it's a different era with the three pointer, um, you know, that he you know gets to the free throw line a lot. Sure. Uh, is he the greatest scorer in the history of basketball? No, I'm not saying that. Um, but he's really, really good. And it's okay to just appreciate it for what it is. But that's the thing. No one can ever do that. And, you know, got to tear it down because, well, Jordan didn't take threes or whatever. Okay. I mean, is anybody really arguing that he's better than Jordan? I don't think so. I'm not. And I love me some James Hart. He's not better than Jordan. Yeah. But he's having a pretty impressive run to back up his MVP season. Yeah, he can win another one. And to to keep the Rockets – you know, that's the other thing is, well, it's so boring. It's like, well, he's kept the Rockets in play with a a very lukewarm Capella season and a constantly injured Chris Paul. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He's missed, you know, probably half the season so far. He's back now, but he'll probably get hurt again, you know, before the playoffs. Cause that seems to be the way it is with him now. So, um, yeah, I mean, he, he has kept them afloat and rescued them from the terrible start they got off to when they were in, you know, 13th in the West. And now they're, you know, sitting in usually between four or five and six, depending on the night. Looks like they'll make the playoffs. The, you know, the, the gap is starting to spread a bit between the, you know, eight, nine, ten range. Um, so I think they're going to get in. And, and then we'll see. You know, I don't I don't see them making the conference finals this year, but who knows? I mean, the West is going to be wide open outside of Golden State, I think. Yeah. It could be anybody else that makes it that far. We'll be back. We're going to talk about whatever happens with this uh, second half of the ASU mountain swing. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, the end of spring ball and – All of that fun stuff. Until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.